0: <laughs> so you're listening to the dollop on the all things comedy network this is an american history podcast each week i dave anthony read a story from american history to, to another guy
1: yeah okay he was a good friend of dave's named gareth reynolds who has no idea what the topic is going to be about get cocky well it's just the standard intro so it'd be great if you just did it the same way well you threw in good. <laughs> yeah, I guess I did add. Yeah, so it was a
0: little uh, presumptuous. Friends? That's yeah, my call to make, right? Good or just a friend? You know, pal. I like I like I like your friends. Mouth husband. Like I, I like your friends, like Luke and Luke. Some of the other guys, Mike, and some of the other guys, Mike. A little, a little Who's better. Mike? Like you O'Connell. made up Mike. Who's Mike? O'Connell.
1: Oh, O'Connell!
0: You're, you're. I can't believe you're forgetting your friends.
1: I know who he is, but he's not one of my cast of characters that you've hung out with. I like your friends. I like Gary's my
0: Called Call quote, Like, this Jam uh, Patch. Jam Patch? I'm the fucking hippo guy! It's Dave
1: okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> my
0: name's Gary. Wait. My... Is
1: it for fun? And this is
0: not gonna become the Tiggly podcast. Okay.
1: <laughs> this is like Adam! <laughs> on a five part coefficient. My Now hit him with the puppy. <laughs> you both present sick arguments. <laughs> no, sleep down, <no> hippo. <laughs> no, sleep
0: down, <no> hippo. <laughs> Actually, require
1: oh, Hi, Gary.
0: No. <laughs> oh, nicely done, my friend. No. <laughs> no. Let's explain. Let's let's explain what's happening. Let's explain episode. it. Um.
1: Okay. So, we've recorded we've recorded this episode yes, in did. the way that Dave wrote it. I did. Uh, we did it in Houston with the, the hilarious Daniel Van Kirk. Very funny man. Uh. Unfortunately, there was a technical glitch
0: where it wasn't at all recorded at all and the guy said he never took the recorder uh-huh. from us yeah which is weird cuz he brought it back
1: he gave <laughs> us one so we're up one which is nice so the decision to not record was made and uh so but because it is uh topical and something dave is very excited about it has to be uh it has to be as dave would say we're going to record it again so i've heard this yeah Who knows how much I'll remember, Uh, but we've brought. Okay. Uh, but we've brought in a special guest, Pam Reynolds, my lovely mother. Oh my
0: God, I didn't see you. Hi, how are you? Get into that microphone. Hi, how are you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hi. I didn't no, know no, what no. was going on. Yeah. No, uh, no, so, no, so that's what happened to this episode. So we recorded it. So I've heard it. You've never heard it. And it's about George H.W. Bush. Have you heard Did him? you know that? I've
2: heard of him. Yeah, yes. he's good. Yeah. You're going
0: to. Do you like, yes. you like him? Did you like him? I don't
2: think I did, but I think I liked him when you died because everybody else did.
0: <laughs> well, that's well, why I'm here.
1: Well, there we go. <laughs>
0: Now enter my job. Mother explaining um, CNN. Let's straighten out. Let's straighten out the uh, the history of the man known as George Herbert Walker Bush. Okay. I know some people think it's uh, wrong to um, to do this uh, right after he's died, but it's worse to act like uh, he was a great man. Yeah.
1: And to be fair, we did this closer to when he died already. <laughs> <laughs> so we've. This is the second. <laughs> most disrespectful it's been That's right. we did a more disrespectful timing well, version. much
0: much more disrespectful. about a week yeah. ago live on stage yeah in the city's from in the city it's from and for some reason that didn't get recorded what a weird as a weird decision what a weird thing that it wouldn't get recorded in houston of all places you would yeah. think you would think that houston would be like let's record this you talking conspiracy bro yep June 12th, 1924. See, he's not even yelling it anymore. He's not yelling the
1: date. He's, no. he's over it. No, no,
2: he's, yeah. well, he's read it before, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. It's the second time.
1: Yeah, but this, this is a callback. Okay. We like your read. June
2: 12th, 1924!
0: I love what I'm Spot
1: hearing.
2: Spot on. Spot on. Brilliant.
0: George Herbert Walker Bush was born in Massachusetts to Prescott Sheldon Bush and Dorothy Walker Bush. Very rich people. Those are very rich sounding names. Yep, mm-hmm. Prescott. No one names their uh, gives their son a middle name of Sheldon unless they're oozing cash. No, yeah. Uh, they moved to Greenwich, uh, Connecticut, right after his birth, which is where poor people go. Sure. Uh, and they vacationed in Kennebunkport, Maine.
1: Oh God! <laughs> Look at this terrible place. Yeah. It's such a shame. Yeah. Isn't it? It's sad.
0: Yeah, they had a hard time. George went to exclusive private schools. Uh. 1924, his grandfather had founded the Union Banking Corporation. The bank was set up for a German steel magnate. Uh, George's dad was on the board of directors beginning in 1934. four. Who is the steel magnate? I forgot the name. But, but who, uh, it's a relative? Uh, no. The, oh. So his uh, jo- uh, George's grandfather set up a bank. Just It was specifically set up to help the steel magnate in Germany okay. uh, do uh, his money stuff. Okay, right. In 1941,
1: the which sounds good, and around this time is on the up and up to be yeah. Doing 1924, stuff like that. trying to help out Germany. Yeah, what yeah, could go wrong? For sure, yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, in 1941, the New York Herald reported, "Quote: Hitler's angel has three million in U.S. bank." Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah, you didn't hear Hitler's angel a lot. Uh, no. But we, well, they fought the Hell's
1: Angels <laughs> and killed them.
0: They did slowly. Now, we know the guy, uh, we know the the steel magnate was a huge backer of Hitler um, because he wrote an autobiography called, quote, I Paid Hitler.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny so far how little I remember. (laughs) Uh, uh, Wait, what was the book called?
0: I Paid Hitler. I
1: Paid Hitler. (laughs) Mine cash.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But the steel magnate and Hitler had fallen out in 1939, um, but, uh, a congressional investigation looked into it and found, uh, it was not Nazi money that the New York Herald had reported was in a bank, but the bank was part of a network of companies that were aiding the Nazis. Who, sure. I don't know if you know the Nazis, um, but they weren't great guys. Well, Nazi adjacent yeah. is a Nazi. Yeah. Right. Um, for where, where I'm from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You got a picture? We didn't get I these do. at the live show. I have show. pictures of um there's there's daddy. There's daddy uh Oh, that's Prescott oh, yeah. that's Prescott oh, yeah, Bush. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can see it. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. You can see the douchebag in the eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's
2: got a nice little hanky in his stuff.
0: Yeah,
1: he's, got, he's got, got yeah, popping, yeah, hasn't he's hasn't he? got a well-folded hanky. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a $1000 bill crumpled up there.
0: <laughs> to light a cigar with later. Um so uh Prescott was director. Uh, he was named in the report uh, by, by Congress. Uh, UBC was then seized by the United States under the Trading with the Enemy Act. Okay. So he and was that w- director. George Bush's dad was a director of a company that was seized for helping the Nazis. It's
1: weird because you would think that some of those tendencies would rub off in the future generations – no. Yeah. Okay. No, not at all. Okay. Nazis not hereditary. No. Okay.
0: After looking at the book, Seamless Steel Equipment Corp was also implicated as fronting for the Nazis. It was managed by a guy named Prescott Bush.
1: Now that's two s- Nazi strikes against you. <laughs> that is, that's not good. And uh, that's not good.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the bank was not broken up, and after the war, it was returned to its American shareholders. It's believed that Prescott sold his shares for one point five million. Well, that's how you learn a lesson Yeah, well, that's teaching them Yeah. That'll show you for helping the Nazis <laughs> Well,
1: what did I get from working with the Nazis Besides 1.5 mil? Uh,
0: yeah, a lot of people at the time Thought he should have been imprisoned Because uh, that's what the law uh, no, called for On what grounds? Um, working with the enemy
1: Huh
0: Yeah Huh Yeah mm. Anyway, he made money
1: Yeah America's really great. At good least place. that stuff stopped Yeah, yeah At least yeah. we put
0: a halt to that <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God Anyway, uh, right before that scandal broke, uh, young George joined the U.S. Navy. Did
1: you know about the Bushes and the Nazis? I didn't have a clue. Are you sh- uh, surprised you're getting in front of that microphone?
2: Oh, I'm very shocked, actually, yes. I didn't have any idea okay. at so all. so George H.W. Bush's
1: father. Yes. Pres- Sheldon have Prescott, Prescott or
2: whatever. Scott with $1, uh, I don't have any
1: photos a $1,000 bill in his pocket. a Nazi. I don't have any photos of him
0: as a um, as a soldier, which is fine, but he, you know. You mean
1: in the Third Reich gear?
0: Uh, no, no, oh, no. no, he, yeah. He fought. George fought for us. He joined the Navy on his 18th birthday, okay. and he quickly became a pilot in just three days before his 19th birthday. He was the youngest pilot in the Navy. Well, it it's was, easy
1: to be the youngest when it takes you three days to get your license. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that was really fast.
0: Uh, he was assigned to the USS a San Jacinto and uh, nicknamed Skin because he was so lanky. Sure. Sure. I know it doesn't make much sense unless you have like skin hanging off of you, which you will. We'll get there. What? Oh, it, it yeah, will. yeah. That in the happens in future. the future, yeah. and that's that yeah. what happens well, in the end.
2: He probably
0: has now, hasn't he? Yeah, no, now, no, now, definitely, now, definitely. the name Really, it's
2: Skin. really skinny.
0: Yeah. Uh, he flew in the South Pacific, and uh, during a raid, was shot down.
1: Skin, your skin's caught the propeller again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Two of his crew members were killed. Um, Goose and Iceman. Yep. Okay. Oh, so you know the story? Well, I heard it once. <gasps> yeah. Goose. Graham?
1: Yeah. No, 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 mom. Um, My mother has a goose friend in England.
0: Literally. Oh no, I've seen. The oh go- yeah, I've Graham. seen the video of the goose. Yeah, yeah that's a good goose. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: he's a good goose.
0: Anyway, mm-hmm. um, back, to the, back to the story. Uh, yeah. So he had he over the years he had different stories of how the guys died because as a captain uh, you're supposed to or, did, or the pilot yeah you're supposed to jump out last. Uh huh. Um, you're supposed to make sure your crew is safe and then you go. But there's different uh, versions of what happened. So potentially he prematurely ejaculated. But. That's one of those things where you, you know, you give the guy a break on that one because. Because you're
1: you're like in the throes of death. Yeah. Right. So you're like, hey, I'm sorry about all that protocol nonsense.
0: Um, So George spent 90 minutes in the sea uh, before being rescued. All the time they were trying to kill him and jets were jets, but planes were circling around American planes to try and keep him safe while fighting off the enemy. So it was a whole thing. Okay. Uh, Other guys got captured and and their livers eaten by the Japanese. Pardon? Yep. Did you hear of that?
2: I know they were very cruel, the Japanese.
1: Yeah, but they ate the livers of some of the men that they took.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think, yes. I'm not surprised,
1: actually. Yeah. You're yeah. not surprised by the liver eating? No, I'm not.
2: I am a bit really Is that because to be of honest. the English
1: cuisine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love a bit of Yankee
2: liver. Where's the bacon? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> I like chips with mine. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh, it's <laughs>
1: the gravy. <laughs> gravy on it. Yeah. Oh, liver. It's a fryer. Liver and gravy. <laughs>
0: Uh, so after he got rescued, he went back to flying missions. He ended up flying 58 combat missions and was decorated with the Distinguished Flying Cross and three Air Medals. Uh, and then he was sent to Norfolk our, uh, Navy Base uh, to train other pilots. And he married Barbara Pierce. Uh, so uh, George was honorably discharged on September 1945. One he was also after.
1: later that night in the wedding bed, honorably yeah, you discharged. Bet he was, what? Little Little Prescott. Your mother's here. Huh.
2: Oh gosh, that's nasty.
1: I'm talking like, that's two
0: back-to-back dick jokes. Yeah. Um, You're welcome, mummy. Yep. Uh, so after the, one month after the Japanese surrendered, he's out. Uh, okay. He goes to Yale. Prescott was on the university board, so that probably helped.
1: You think that that helps if your father is on the the board, board? of
0: Yale? It yeah. Might. Uh, George joined a fraternity. He was on the baseball team. He played in the first two college world series. Okay. Uh, and most importantly, just like his dad, he went on, he was on the Yale cheerleading squad. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so was, uh, it was little uh, Bush, wasn't it? All three were little on Bush the, little Bush was a cheerleader. Yeah. All three of them were cheerleaders. Really? Yeah. 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 Runs in the and family. I'm, yeah.
1: I don't mean to laugh at it. It was a, no, no,
0: you can laugh at it. It's fine to laugh at that. It's, it's just, uh, it's, we've I,
1: definitely gotten away from that. Yeah.
0: It's. It's uh, stupid, I think.
1: I think that would be a nice way to change up cheerleading again. Get, like split it with guys. Get fifty percent men in there. You know.
0: Every time I, I they, when I watch college basketball and every time I look at the cheerleaders, I'm like, what are you doing? What's why?
1: Professional cheerleaders are play are paid shit. No oh, garbage. They're paid like Absolute fifty dollars a game or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's fucking terrible. It's one of those things where they go, it's exposure for you. Yeah. like, I'm in Ohio. What kind of exposure am I getting? <laughs> hey, He's come
1: edit. on. You can't buy this kind of press for the two <laughs> seconds before we go to commercial when we show the score. <laughs>
0: uh, so um, uh, he was initiated into the Skull and Bones Secret Society like his dad. Uh, it has always been a ri- uh, full of rich, powerful people, the Skull and Bones Society. Right. George did this all in two and a half years. That's how long it took him to graduate, which it's I have weird. nothing but disrespect for people back then who got through college. Because college, you're not paying for it back then. It's just, right. and mm-hmm. especially him, he's not, it doesn't, you take your sweet-ass time in college. Right. Now, they got to do it in two and a half years because it literally money, costs right? $9 okay. billion. But dollars. back then, you
1: could take, but I went to college you could go for, Rodney Dangerfield. It. I
0: went to college for six and three-quarters years. Yeah, but you're an orthodontist. <laughs> Because it was cheap as shit. Yeah, it was like it was like it started at three hundred dollars a quarter. By the time I it got it, was oh nine hundred. It cost nothing, so just ride the fucking wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So no respect.
1: It's weird by day to be a cheerleader and by night to be in like some janitorial clo- closet, like drinking lamb's blood in the skull and bones. That, I mean, but that's
0: the fun of it. Yeah, that is the fun. <laughs> um, after George uh, graduated, he went to work for Dresser Industries a family-connected firm that provided services to the oil industry. Hmm. You can imagine that. Somehow he got connected with the oil. Weird. George Barber and their firstborn, George W., uh, were sent to Odessa, Texas. Dresser was a company that provided cover for CIA operatives.
1: Okay. Have you heard of them? uh, Yes. So Dresser is
0: oil and CIA? Um, yeah. So, uh, you so know, it's there's, a
1: lot of good stuff.
0: They, <laughs> they do everything that's great.
1: <laughs> like you combine, finally combined a government agency right. with a toxic fuel.
0: That's right. <sighs> that's cool. Um, so Yale was a big funnel into the CIA. An XA officer named Osborne Day from the Yale class of 43, quote, Yale has always been the agency's biggest feeder. 43 men from Yale's class of 1943 entered the intelligence that services. Is,
1: it's got to be hard to remain covert when you're, like, walking around like, Teddy, <laughs> my man. Oh, I mean, nothing. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Czar Tuchelnik. Hello, sir.
0: I mean, essentially, they're just rich kids who can get jobs at places and then do stuff. Right. Because— if you're another guy If you're just a random dude Then you have to try To get that job Whereas these guys Automatically have jobs So of course They also get recruited Also
1: you sort of, sort of Legacy based in a way too Right? Like yeah. they know Who your father is You're kind yeah. of vetted In a second Yeah your dad's a now, Nazi
0: or... So why not have you <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're checking a lot Of bi- boxes for us Prescott uh, All the illegal funds The ties to Nazis Good lord
0: Make us want it A little more would you So yeah Don't look at the pictures Don't look at the pictures Yeah don't Come on. cheat Don't so I, cheat cheating. I like pictures My- Get to I
2: like pictures. They're easy. <laughs> it's easier than reading.
0: Yeah. We're going to do a picture podcast I like picture next. books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Dresser moves its headquarters to Dallas, and George was with them. The Bush family uh, had a friend, Alan Dulles, who became deputy director in charge of clandestine operations in the CIA. So, you know, double secret, right? Shit. Right. Uh, the Dulles family had been uh, uh, in on the Nazi business with Prescott. So it's cool uh, when
1: Nazi business is, sounds like a cartoon strip. No,
0: it's great when that doesn't matter. Right, right? It's great when Nazi on your resume just means like, hey, come on in. Well, now I mean, it's more. It's a great time now. So it's now. helping. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so Prescott was now running for Senate in Connecticut. And George was made the Midland County chairman of the Eisenhower campaign in 1952. So he I hope he got a
1: little uh, button or sash. Sash. He wore sash. Mm-hmm. I would love for that to be on a sash. He wore
0: sash, and he was really great yeah. in the swimsuit competition.
1: Yeah. For well, skin. How would he not be? Yeah, I mean, Jeez, where is it all coming from? <laughs> Hello, boys. <laughs> It's me, skin. And he did his own cheerleading. He
0: yeah. did? Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, for your talent.
1: With your sash. I'm going to cheer.
0: <laughs> uh, he's, so he's now the link between uh, big Texas oil and the Republican administration. right? So he's in a great That's position. That's pretty cool. Yep. So George struck, struck out in the oil business on his own. Uh, if you invested in George H.W. Bush, you're getting the vast connections of Prescott Bush, Super inside with the Eisenhower administration. So money is rolling in now. Right. In 1953, George joined up with Hugh and Bill Ledke to form Zapata Petroleum. Okay. Uh, Ledke had a quote, hunch. He Mm. just had a hunch. He had a feeling about some stuff. And that led to 127 uh, straight wells that came up with oil. So, he yes. had a, a he magic, was riding a hot streak. A well, I mean, it's either a hot streak or something that the CIA helped with, because there's no fucking way in hell you drill on 27 First of all, language. Get, uh, sorry. Is here. I apologize your to goddamn you. goddamn mouth. But I've heard. Second of all, of her. would you
1: quit r- making a, would you quit just getting so angry at a hot streak? It's. I bet you're the kind of guy who thinks Barry Bonds doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame because he used growth hormone until his head looked like he was some professor from the future who could move items with his thoughts.
0: Let me say that I think he should be in the Hall of Fame twice for being a great baseball player and for having the biggest head.
1: They should make two busts. One when he was regular and one one after. (laughs)
2: Have you got a picture
1: of his head? <laughs> no, no it's, you, no. it's a huge got, head. She, mother would love to see Barry Bonds' head. Um,
0: it, we'll show you after. It's yeah. really something. It's quite the difference, But We'll you, show you the before and after. Yeah, well, that's go, what you really go, got to go, see. Did he have it fixed? Uh, you, you it fixed? You can't get it fixed. You don't go to a uh, drainer. It ever, no, it, it recedes after you stop doing steroids, doesn't it? You're,
1: once your head gets that, what happens? You just get a bunch of extra Aaron? head skin?
0: I don't know. You don't know? What about Mark McGuire? Does he, he still have a giant head? He's huge. Yeah, he's still big. It yeah, looks okay. like gigantic. I thought you went back down to small.
1: It's not like some sort of wizard spell where, at the end of your movie, you're like, "I'm regular now." <laughs> <laughs> Once you've made yourself enormous.
0: All right. Well, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, twice. Twice. Uh, so you know, it's a pot of stock goes crazy from seven cents a share to twenty three dollars. Super lucky.
1: Quite just super a jump. lucky. You've played the markets.
0: <clears throat> oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) Zapata moved into offshore drilling in 1958. Zapata's oil rig named Scorpion was moved 54 miles north of Cuba. Nice. Operation Mongoose was a CIA program to remove the communists from power in Cuba.
1: So an oil well is a deadly insect, and then you go with Mongoose for the operation? Interesting. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: It's like you're trying to cover something that's not there.
0: One official quote, George Bush, one CIA official quote, George Bush would be given a list of names of Cuban oil workers we would want placed in jobs. The oil platforms were perfect for training the Cubans on raids on their homeland. So, so the oil uh, rig is simply a way to train Cubans and then send them to Cuba to attack um, and try to overthrow So it's Castro. like a twofer Yeah Like you've you got get, oil you going get, And then right. when
1: you're up there You're like And hey, let's try to overthrow The government Yeah over why there. not We got a thing going With on Cubans. here With Cubans Yeah
0: Okay Zapata operations were set up In the Persian Gulf Trinidad Borneo Medellin uh, George was constantly traveling Zapata started helping The CIA pay off politicians In Latin America Well Dave that's not legal Well Okay I mean no Okay It's not But the CIA gets to do Whatever it wants Right They're yallies yeah. Zapata money flowed uh, through Mexico. Ex-CIA agent, quote, Bush's company was used as a conduit for these funds under the guise of oil business contracts. And it's free CIA money because if money doesn't go into the U.S., it's not taxed. So he's just making money and then giving it to whoever the CIA wants it to go to through Mexico to all the Latin American contacts. And
1: now, mom, just uh, remember, this guy will become
0: president. Yeah, and he and, and, and he's—I don't know if you saw the coverage, but pretty great. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah
0: you just gotta yes. ignore all this stuff. Yeah, yes. yes. Zapata did not have uh, right to pay taxes, right? So uh, President Kennedy, uh, John F. I don't know if you know what happened to him. I do. N- yeah, uh-huh. not I a great uh, ending. He was assassinated on November twenty-second, nineteen sixty-three. What? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know this? My God! Yeah, we'll do that episode later. Oh,
1: don't be yeah. upset.
0: It's
1: all right. I was just starting to love the guy. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> get your hanky! Oh my God!
0: I know, I know. It said every person in America. How old was he? He was forty-seven. Oh my God! Forty? 50, no, seventy-four. Oh, so young. Thank uh, you, Mother. It is said every person in America remembers exactly where they were when they heard that Kennedy had been killed, except where one person.
3: Uh, yeah,
2: I was at school. We we went to yeah. the stockroom and cried. Really? I don't think we really knew who he was. Yeah, but yeah, we so cried. you remember.
0: It's like 9 yeah. 11. You remember where yes, you were. Yeah. You, know who we you know who doesn't remember where they were when Kennedy was killed? George H.W. Bush.
1: Oh. <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he has no memory of it at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, really George risky, George Bush has no idea where he was. Huh, how does he not? He said he was, quote, somewhere in Texas.
1: Well, that's where the assassination took place.
0: The FBI knew where George was from an FBI report on the day of the shooting. Quote.
2: <gasps> what a picture? That's so exciting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> quote, somewhere uh, in Texas is actually... At 1.45 p.m., Mr. George H.W. Bush, president of Zapata Offshore Drilling Company, telephonically furnished the following information to writer by long-distance telephone from Tyler, Texas. Bush stated he wanted to be kept confidential but wanted to furnish hearsay that he recalled hearing in recent weeks the day and source unknown. He stated that one James Parrott had been talking of killing the president when he comes to Houston. So so that's where George wa- uh, George was. Uh, he was making a call from Tyler, Texas to the FBI, but he doesn't remember where he was.
1: It's shady. All, what? It's Ooh. very shady. We also remember how much fun we had with the parrot guy in the live one. <laughs> you guys, it's just such a fun run.
0: <laughs> there it is. There's the FBI memorandum. That's well, a little strange. So um, stop looking at the pictures. Stop it. Yeah, you're cheating. You're Aww. totally cheating. You're yeah, you're cheating to... at the dollop moment. Oh, no, I'll just put this up. I'm, I'm sorry. Here you go. There um, you go. Um, you can look it yeah? Interested in that?
1: Yes,
2: um, it's, nice. it's a picture.
0: Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, um, so there's tons of, there's a shitload of conspiracy theories and weird connections when it comes to Bush and Kennedy and where he was and and who he was working with and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to wade through it because I don't, number one, give a shit about the Kennedy assassination, but I also don't care about conspiracy theories. But we do know that he lied. And he knew, knew, knew where he was. And we actually, we know what he was doing when Kennedy was shot. Shooting, The president of the local Kiwanis Club says George was giving a speech when he was told of the assassination. Quote, George stopped his speech and told the audience what happened.
1: And He's, then finished reading the story about a puppy dog. <laughs> That's right. He, yeah. finished,
0: he said, I consider it inappropriate to continue. And then he sat down. Yeah. So it's up to other people to decide why a guy in the CIA would make a phone call to establish where he was to the FBI
1: on a But certain when you're day. saying that, it feels like it, you've made the decision.
0: No, I mean, I was the CIA involved? The CIA's fucking involved in everything that's wrong, so probably somehow. But, I mean— Allegedly. The the the, the thing that—I've never looked into the, the, the assassination stuff, but the thing that makes m- most sense to me is that Oswald was a CIA operative— Because he spent years in in the Soviet Union, and he did it. So they were just covering for that. But that's what I think. Anyway, I haven't looked into it. Like I said, in 1964, George ran for Congress and won. Uh, So now he's super rich from Zapata and obviously his daddy. He voted for the Civil Rights Act, even though most people in his district were against it. So that's actually a thing that's good. He supported the Vietnam War. Uh, he was reelected in 1968. Nixon saw George as a Nixon man, which means Which a big is deal. good. Well, Nixon, it, really, it's for me or against me. Like, he's really... Right.
1: No, it's good when you're crazy. like, you know, Satan's coming to my show tonight. He's scouting me.
0: Nixon convinced George to run for the Senate, which he did in 1970. Okay. And lost. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nixon then named George ambassador of the U.N., Okay. So uh, he's moving up. Right. Getting the credentials. hmm And in 1973, George became head of the Republican National Committee.
1: Okay. Moving up. With Nixon's with Nixon, Nixon's, Nixon's uh, pushing all that, party? yeah.
0: Then came Watergate. Uh, now, during Watergate, there were these burglars that broke into the DNC. First time I've heard of it. And they were, um, they were paid by people. Um, somehow, uh, imagine Nixon, like when he first heard about it,
1: having to react like he didn't know, I I can't, I just, one more time, the name of the place, water, water bridge. (laughs) I've never heard of this place. Uh, somehow the, God damn, it's hot in here.
0: Somehow the Mexican CA money line quote made its way into the hands of the Watergate burglars. Interesting. So the CIA, so, uh, so the Watergate burglars were well, paid. David just
1: sounds like the CIA might have been involved.
0: Yeah, and then I don't know what company does uh, business down there, but there's a, like maybe some sort of Mexican.
1: How about Zapata Offshore oh, Company? That company.
0: That's- um Yeah. yeah. So it turns out we know someone who has a CIA Mexican connection and is close to whatever. Yeah. As Watergate broke and evidence mounted, uh, George came to be seen as a Nixon apologist. So imagine it's clear that a president has done something very criminal and then there are a bunch of guys Uh, in his party who are like, that's not true, even though it's getting more and more obvious every day.
1: Weird. Uh, It's just such a weird. Imagine.
0: But then at some point, like a recording came out or something came out, and it was fucking over. It was too obvious. Right. And then George requested Nixon resign for the good of the party. So he's out. Ford becomes president. And then Ford picks George to be director of the CIA. Right.
1: This is before he pardoned Nixon.
0: Or this is after. I don't know. If Who knows? Before or after. I think I think after. Um, so the Democrats controlled the Senate with 60 seats, if you can imagine that. Uh-huh. <laughs> And a lot of them—that's the most fantastical thing of this whole. Yeah, story. a filibuster-proof uh, senator is senator of Democrats. Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of them are still angry that George uh, had been such a partisan hack during Watergate. Uh-huh. Uh Plus, the CIA is a shit show at this point. Okay. Um, it had been revealed the CIA was spying domestically, which it's not supposed to do. I'm which imagine. You, so, could you imagine the CIA doing? Well,
1: now that? they just now our phones do it for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty simple. A CIA investigation dug up CIA scandal after scandal after scandal right so <laughs> CIA
1: investigation oh, like sorry, god we're idiots a senate investigation oh, okay. so
0: the senate is a, the democratic senate is investigating and they're just digging up thing after it's Weird. just a fucking shit show that's not going to happen so if the senate confirmed George he would be the first partisan politician to run the CIA so before this, it's all been military guys or business guys, but it's never been a guy who was a Republican declared, or a Democrat right. and then taking over the CIA. Okay, so this would be a whole new thing. That's I'm cool. Sure, and I'm that's sure a fun new wave to ride. Yeah. Um. So the Democrats came out hard against him, and it didn't look good for George during the uh, during the hearings. Okay. Um. Your mom's very excited every time. Yeah. I'm no, she doesn't
1: that understand figured. that this is audio mainly. Oh, it's so cool. She actually watched. Oh look at that! She watched one of the recordings when she was on this show on YouTube, and what it was one of the comments? Someone said, "What?"
2: Oh no! I, I think I googled you one day because I, I was trying to see if my computer was working, and so I can't remember. I think she, the one lady, said something about me, and then some. And then she said, "She sounds like a lovely old British lady." <laughs>
1: So on the YouTube um, comments, it uh, said, sounds like uh, a lovely old he, British lady. And then somebody
2: had replied and said, Gareth Reynolds' mother is not old.
0: That's right. <laughs> Sticking up for her. Yeah, it. Yep. yeah she's right. good for that one. Yeah, she's learned about no, YouTube Let me tell comments. you something. Never, Never read, read the comments. comments. I know how
2: Trump feels now.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. No, well because you have a soul, so know. I don't know if you know that. But. Yeah, a lot of differences, honestly. Um.
1: Okay. So he's about to not get confirmed. Yeah, so the, it's not
0: going good. Right. Um, and then eight days after the hearing, a CIA station chief was assassinated in Greece. Okay. He'd been living in the same house as the previous station chiefs and had been publicly ID'd in the papers. So everyone knew who he was and where he lived.
1: And he works for the CIA. Yes. He's the station chief. Okay. So they now in Greece know who the CIA station chief is. And where he is. And where he is. So
0: a local militant group had been watching him for months and they kill him.
1: Right. Well, They weren't doing a great job. They were like, where the hell is he?
0: <laughs> they, they were watching. I mean, they're watching. The CIA and White House are all over it. They blame the Democrats. The plane carrying his body back, quote, circled Andrews Air Force Base for three quarters of an hour in order to land live during the Today Show. Which
1: is what you want when you're, like, if you're the family of someone like that, you're like, it's good for him to get up, like, it's, this is about the right stuff. (laughs) This is how you're supposed to do it.
0: I feel like you don't know what the right stuff is.
1: Keep him going around for a few hours until the cameras are ready. Photo, perfect photo. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I know you landed. Can we do one more where he just looks a little more into it? I mean, I know he's a
0: corpse. Here's what I'm thinking. Plane comes down. His hand is hanging out the window. That's
1: now. This is what I'm talking about. Somebody who thinks a little outside of the box. And I'm not just talking about the casket gang.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I said box. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know that's your son. Oh. Oh,
1: Anyway. All right. That's lunch. And then after we get back from lunch, we're gonna try to get this one, guys. Let's
0: really get this one. Uh, the outgoing CIA director blamed the station chief's death on "quote the sensational and hysterical way the CIA investigations have been handled and trumpeted around the world." So, just blaming Democrats for the guy's death, even though it's clearly the CIA. So,
1: fault. in a, w- a way, it is like the invention of partisanship to a, on this level, right?
0: I mean, there's always partisanship, but this is a different. Yeah, this it's is a, gear shift. This is, yeah, right for sure. Uh, Fourth. There, but that's what happens when you try to put a partisan guy on the sure yeah. So there's zero evidence that any of this was true right The Democrats had nothing to do with it, but the public no longer supports the CIA investigation. That's the result right. Strom Thurmond argued it was time he was who great. Is a, if you don't remember that a great Thurmond, he's guy, one of our, I remember that one of our name. best racists. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, one of the most prominent. Strom the bomb Thurmond uh, had a had a child with his uh, black uh, mate. So he's oh, cool. that was yeah. nice. Wasn't uh, he? Oh. Yeah, he's a really good one. Lovely Strom man. the bomb. Uh, Strom Thurmond argued it was time to confirm, confirm George uh, because the public no longer cared for the Senate quote tearing down the CIA.
1: Also, it's time for more blood.
0: I can't see No blood. I'm so. Put more blood in me. And they needed, quote, this highly competent man to repair the damage of this overexposure. This highly competent man. After Strom's speech that day, George was confirmed by a vote of twenty of 64 to 27. Okay. It's weird that the Democrats have backed down. But well, they because did they that, don't they, do that. Yeah, they used to do that back then. They so this is when down. the
1: Democrats didn't have a spine on, yeah. like now where it's like they are like... Hardcore. Leaders mm-hmm. who get it. That's
0: why they say uh, Stone Schumer, because it's like he's made yeah, of stone. Yeah,
1: right, right, cannot right. Cannot be penetrated. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: What the Senate had not learned was that... Chuck the... Schumer's boneless, right? Yes. Okay. Just <laughs> wanted to make sure. He's without bones. Is he skinny? Or (laughs) skin? Yeah, he's the skin's opposite. Bit
2: like the
0: Bushes. Yeah. What the Senate had not learned was that the CIA was in the middle of something called Operation Condor. In 1975, six South American dictatorships in Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Paraguay, and Uruguay. So uh, these these six countries, uh, South American countries, conspired to eliminate their left-wing opponents and dissidents. Their intelligence services traded information in order to kidnap and kill domestic leftists in their own countries and then traded information about exiles who had run away in in other countries. Do you ever feel like history repeats itself? I don't know why you would say that. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Oh, okay. So here's a picture um, of—that's just Chile. That's a museum in Chile of all the people— um, who uh, disappeared wow. or were killed by Holy um, shit. this Operation Condor. Oh, Lord, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they traded uh, information to find where exiles were hiding. Okay. People were put in concentration camps. There were death squads. Uh, people were tortured, interrogated, executed, and secretly buried. These were union leaders, peasants, uh, leaders, priests, nuns, students, teachers, intellectuals, And suspected guerrillas. And the CIA played a huge part. Well. Because they're awesome.
1: And Bush is now in charge of the CIA. And Bush's dad
0: is a Nazi amigo. That Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. Okay. Uh, The CIA trained and funded the intelligence directors of these countries. They gave access to sophisticated U.S. communication networks. The operation was running under George when he was director of the CIA. A Chilean dissident named Orlando Letelier, um, was living in D.C. He had escaped uh, from Chile, he had been in a concentration camp, and he was very vocal against dictator Augusto Pinochet. On September 21st, 1976, he was killed by a car bomb, as was an American woman in the car with him. This is the car. Oh, wow. The mastermind was the Chilean intelligence chief and a paid asset of the cia
1: it feels like the cia had something to do with some of this Mm, a little bit yeah
0: turns out the cia knew that he was responsible but george had the cia leak a document clearing the chilean intelligence service
1: was it just like the same letter that was when he was in texas (laughs) just like (laughs)
0: this is the same thing as
1: before Uh, yeah i think you'll find that nobody did anything
0: So he purposefully put out a letter, even though this guy had killed an American citizen and a dissident in Washington, D.C., George Bush put out a letter to lead the FBI in the wrong direction. So he purposefully says that this guy did not do it and pushes them in the wrong direction. Right. Newsweek, the CIA, quote, the CIA agency reached this decision because the bomb was too crude to be the work of experts and because the murder... Coming while Chile's rulers were wooing U.S. support could only damage the Santiago regime. So it was such a shitty bomb that there's no fucking way the Chilean government could do it, right? Because it was
1: so bad. It's so bad. Like they, could, nobody could make something this bad. I mean,
0: it's a yeah, shit. this is
1: genuine dumbass.
0: This is a shit bomb. This Look, is it. Wor- it worked great. It worked super good. Sure, it if killed, the point of
1: a bomb is to just make it go off and kill then the, yeah, and kill it the worked. guy
0: that you're trying to But
1: yes. If you ever want to talk about having a little fun after, after the fact, that's right. after the candy's out of the piñata, yeah.
0: well, not this
1: is below expectation.
0: Right, not our guys. This is not good. All right, our guys. So if I can give you like a sound difference, like if our guys did a bomb, it would have been like <laughs> But yeah. this one was like, yeah. so not our guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, their, or the other. When I say R, I mean not our. Not our guys. Not our guy, The other guys. We're
1: saying R as in the letter R. R. R guys. That's what they call themselves. They got a commercial.
0: So George, as head of the CIA, protected assets who killed an American citizen and a dissident on United States soil. Also, a murderous really dictator... Really just shattering
1: a lot of firsts, yeah. which Al- is
0: cool. Also, a murderous dictator could continue to kill off people who were leftists. George served one year as CIA director. Uh, president Carter booted him. In 1980, he ran for vice... Pre- he ran for president, sorry. But George couldn't beat Reagan. That right. Time, he was too good. Reagan was too... Smart,
1: Empty-headed.
0: He was, however, picked to be Reagan's vice president. So there is no evidence of what happened with (laughs) Reagan and the Iranian hostage crisis. But there are accusations George and Reagan's campaign manager met secretly with Iran to keep the hostages from being freed until Reagan was president. Right. What we do know is that an hour after Reagan became president, a plane took off from Tehran with all the hostages on it. So that so was just a coincidence.
1: Carter mm. might have been one delayed flight away from, I mean, I don't want to blame it on the baggage handlers, <laughs> but I mean, who knows what causes delays? <laughs> Carter closed the door and then he's like, no.
0: hello? go <laughs> get out of here. In July 1979, the Sandinistas uh, took over in Nicaragua after fighting for a decade against the Somoza dictatorship. Okay. So leftists are in power. In Nicaragua. Finally. Reagan and George no like. No like? No like. Why? Why no uh, like? Leftists. But come on. Yeah. In 19... It was sort of the opposite of Nazis. Yeah, it's true in a yeah. way. In 1981, CIA director William Casey laid out a plan to launch a secret war against the Sandinistas. George backed it. Reagan approved. And the Contras were born. You guys wow. love the Contras, right? Sure. Mm.
1: Most of what I know about Reagan is from Killer Mike's song, Reagan.
0: It's <laughs> good enough. Yeah. 15,000 strong. Uh, in August 1982, Congress passed the Boland Amendment forbidding the U.S. from financing the overthrow of the Sandinistas. Okay. So it was officially illegal. <laughs> yeah, they're like, do not do this. We do uh-huh. not want this happening. Uh-huh. Okay, Shut it down uh-huh. because it'll make things uh-huh. worse. Okay.
1: So you're saying we do not
0: don't, do not Don't do it. Don't do it. We don't want it.
1: We don't want it. Nope. Don't do anything to pay for it or don't, trade with them or anything none, to... None of it. Yeah. And what if we, you know, what if we were to accidentally... Don't... What if... Okay. Can I just throw out a hypothetical situation? Yeah.
0: Okay. We're all hanging out. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, what? At a pic? We
0: are, we're at a picnic, but we have separate picnic areas. Yeah. Right now, it's a really bad. Okay.
1: Okay. So there's a bunch of picnic... There's two different picnics, and there's a picnic... Air, and there's separate picnic areas... And in between the two picnic areas is this a bunch is... of money. Now, can we help the Sandinistas lift up the money? N- no, Th- and you're... put it and put it in their things.
0: No, no help. Wow. Okay. No, so no, you're no helping the Sandinistas. Can we give them money? No. Okay, that's the whole thing. We just said you can't. Give okay. Them money. Yeah,
1: I'm just. That's the picnic thing threw me off. Your idea when you said the picnic thing. There.
0: I didn't say the picnic thing you Whoever said it. said it It doesn't matter The point is It's a pretty good You point. said it And it's not a good point Okay There's no money No okay. helping one being... more May I throw one more Go ahead uh,
1: Everybody's skinny dipping This is a separate thing Everybody's skinny dipping I accidentally switch my pants That has a lot of money And weapons in it no. With one of the Sandinistas pants No And he doesn't realize Until he's miles away And I don't realize till I'm miles away Then I think it's better if he keeps those pants, even if it has money and arms in it and arms. Well, how big are these pants? I know pants are normally for legs, but these are arm pants. How much money? I mean, what is enough to get him to go away? I guess to go
0: to go away.
1: Well, I mean, you know, what is a bill? I don't know. As much as they need to do what we say, I guess, is how much is in the pants.
0: No, none of that's... Okay,
1: well, I'm glad we did this, because <laughs> now I know what I'm, is okay and what is not okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm worried, is what I'm concerned. I'm going to call them and get their routing number. What? Give them a piece of my
0: mind! <laughs> no, that's not how yeah! you Yeah! <laughs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> so within days of the Bullen Amendment passing, uh, the head of the CIA, Casey, had a new operation running. Now, George H.W. Bush was in charge. Interesting. He was not a normal vice president. He was, quote, in the loop on secret, top secret stuff. And approving. Well, they wanted
1: the president or the vice president to be aware of what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did he say,
0: George? Oh, okay. So he is in the loop on secret stuff, top secret stuff and approving weapons for the Contras. His operation became known as Black Eagle. Uh, the names so, are getting cooler so george brought in cia uh operative or ex-operative he uh his name is Do- uh, donald Gregg. so oh, what okay. happens is donald Gregg comes in and donald Gregg is a cia guy and then um after uh he comes in uh he leaves the cia so he immediately gets a job in the white house and then he immediately leaves the cia which um a lot of people call that a uh it's weird. A cover up. It's a clearly he's still doing a CIA operation. You think? He had.
1: He had <laughs> you can't do both.
0: Uh, so Greg became George's national security advisor. Now, previous vice president's national security advisor. Would just like prep overseas trips. Like if you're going to Paraguay, they go down and go like, "Hey, the president's going to come. Here's the hotel he's staying in. Set up the
1: meeting. He wants to be at this cabana. Uh, He likes these tiles. He likes a good mai tai."
0: But Greg is all involved with the Contras and what the Contras are doing. Okay, Um, uh, and and. And as a vice president, no one has done what George has done before. In a good way. No. Oh, (laughs) sorry. They are not in the loop on top secret shit. Right. Uh, So uh, also Panamanian dictator General Manuel Noriega uh, also became involved with this operation Black Eagle. He He got involved because the Mossad introduced him to uh greg and the gang wait <laughs> the uh Mossad is the uh, israeli uh Mossad. okay they are involved okay <laughs> how could they not be and uh this is uh we just call this guy greg i just love that Panama's <laughs> just got so many people just doing horse shit that the massad's like oh you want to meet the general there he is we're drinking <laughs> we're going vegas uh, Noriega then allowed Black Eagle planes to land in Panama and use Panamanian companies to hide payroll. So, uh, so they're flying in with uh, the guns and the money and stopping in Panama. It's a great setup. Yeah, it seems great. I mean, if you get away with it, this is a real winner. Yeah, it's nice. Now, Noriega had always been buddies with the CIA. Sure. It's how he stayed off the U.S. radar. Uh Um, uh, So he's never in trouble because he's always given up information. That seems to be how you become friends with the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. In 1976, when he was intelligence director in Panama, he he was a CIA informant. Uh, It's (laughs) terrible for Panama (laughs) He he even had a meeting They always
1: seem like they're one step ahead
0: He even had a meeting at the Panamanian embassy in D.C. With George H.W. Bush Who was a CIA counterpart at that time Okay So they've known each other since 1976 Very familial Yeah George and uh, Manuel uh, met again in December 1983. Good to see you again, Manuel. Hey. My, hey. Hi, Manuel. Uh, George just happened to be in South America on a you know, VP business. George reassured Noriega he would always be an important United States ally. And as soon as Noriega was involved in Black Eagle, he began using the planes to run drugs into the United States.
1: <laughs> so, so wait. So... And again, I've heard this, but this... Is, so Noriega... So these planes are U.S. planes.
0: Well, they're secret CIA. They're secret,
1: right. But they are... They're,
0: they're under They're US CIA control. planes. They're under U.S. So they're, control. Right. right,
1: okay. So they're using them to run uh, arms... Weapons to the... And, and
0: money... M- get money. And then to buy weapons with the money... Right. And then run the money... And, and run that's the not weapons good enough
1: a- for Noriega. He's like, we also got a moonlight... As drug planes, yeah.
0: So he's got the drug. He, now he, as soon as the planes are landing, he's filling them up with drugs and saying, "Take these into the U.S." Okay. So the guys who are who are pilots for the CIA are now flying drugs into the U.S. Right, um, which steps it up a little bit. Hey, it's a, it's yeah, it's definitely a take it up a yeah. notch kind of thing. Instead of stopping it, the U.S. made a deal: one percent of the drug income from Noriega's planes was set aside to buy weapons for the Contras.
1: You know, it would have been nice if you finished that with, like, you know, toys for tots. But instead, (laughs) it's like, 1% has to go... These are gonna go to death squads. To death squads, okay?
0: It became, uh, over time, several million dollars, that 1%, which just goes to show how much Noriega's making of his fucking drugs. Right. People in Black Eagle say George Bush was very aware of Noriega's drug flights. It's cool. (laughs) It's totally cool. That's why I have a picture of him smiling.
1: Yeah. Well, how could he not be smiling? He's Um, like, I I left all the way to the bank, morning and night.
0: So so he's super cocky, Noriega. And the reason he's cocky is because he liked to blackmail people and had hidden video and audio equipment in government offices all over Panama. Okay. So he began to compile a dossier dossier on uh, Bush and Black Eagle and his staff. And everything. He had copies of Black Eagle Reports and videotapes of meetings. That's a lot. Yeah, he's got a lot of shit. Yeah. So uh, Reagan and George ran for second term. George was snippy on the campaign trail. I
1: don't want to talk about it. I'm not he's, happy, but I don't want to talk about it, Ron. When he was asked... Well, to be honest, when we were getting on the bus, you jumped ahead of me. And I was waiting for you to go on, and then you took so long... And then by the time I was ready to get on the bus, you decided to get on the bus. And I looked like I was standing... Now hold on. Okay. I looked like I was standing out there just holding the door open for you to get on the bus. This is the... And by the way, it's our anniversary.
0: This is the worst snippy ever. Like, it's the slowest, most meandering
1: snippy. Well, you know, I'm I'm in a mood. Okay? And I apologize.
0: When George was asked by reporters... Why his uh, stance on abortion had changed.
1: Because Ron wouldn't let me on the goddamn bus.
0: <laughs> he said he couldn't remember his previous stance on abortion. <laughs> what? How do you forget your stance on abortion? I, you forget it. You, where did I land on that? Where I'm now, I've always been well, did uh, I? against I say, abortion, I think. No, what? No, you used to not be against abortion. Well, pro, I don't well, remember that. I'm, I'm pro-life choice. Eh, I or, don't remember. I'm anti, uh, oh boy. When, when reporters asked him how he couldn't remember, he said, quote, there are an awful lot of things I don't remember. Awful lot.
1: Like he's just some like grandma who's there, like, well, I can't remember where my knitting needles are, or where my preserves are. There are so many things I don't know what's happening. There's a lot going on right now. I've got a bunch of recipes in my head and I can't remember which one I was going to make.
0: Their opponent was Walter Mondale. Uh, he picked Congresswoman Geraldine Ferraro to be his VP. Right. George had to debate her. Uh, He seemed to resent debating a woman. Right. He was hyper-aggressive and at one point called out Ferraro, for exaggerating about terrorism and saying Democrats didn't care that the, uh, right. the Marines had been blown up in Beirut. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Well, those talking points are still like they are still, still so prevalent right fl- well, yeah. that's
0: exactly course, what happens yeah. now.
1: What's the fucking no? But it is so prevalent where it's just like like who? How do you win in that? How do you? you how did that ever stick to someone? Where it was like, well, yeah, but she hates the army. <laughs> <laughs> you heard what he said. <laughs>
0: So Mondale asked for an apology. And George refused to give an apology. And the next day, George was overheard saying, quote, I tried to kick a little ass. And then he noticed a reporter uh, saw him and heard him and said, quote, whoops, my God, he heard me. Turn that thing off. Yeah, it.
1: right. Yeah. That's like when someone says spoiler alert after they've ruined the movie for you. It's like, no, no, that's not the order that this the guy.
0: The guy gets his head blown off at the end.
1: Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, you know, we actually we're, we're the ones who killed Kennedy. Yep. No. Oopsie oh, poopsie. Turn it off. Shut, yeah. her down. Shut her down. Shut her down now, now please. No more recording. Uh, I ate his brain. Oh, come on, mister.
0: His staff then showed up on the press plane wearing buttons that said, we kicked a little ass. You know,
1: <laughs> it's pretty easy to hate the candidate, but a lot of times it's, it's really fun to hate the staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're just like, look at you dumb shits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Some reporters started calling him kick-ass George. Skin? Yeah. Others wore hats made of jockstraps. Those aren't like, hats. I feel like that's a different situation. Those aren't hats. I feel like they were doing something else. <laughs> Those, that's underwear.
1: Those are not hats. Mondale. Cool hat, man. <laughs> it's a jockstrap. Awesome. Yeah. We're pretty great. Yeah, I got my Mets hat on my dong and my dong hat on my head. <laughs> what? I'm playing flippy flop with hats.
0: Okay. It's not a good look. It's a jockstrap. There's cocaine on on this plane. It's on your, what? There's a lot of cocaine on this plane. let's go. Mondale, though, said George, quote, doesn't have the manhood to apologize. Whoa. Doonesbury ran a cartoon about George's lack of manhood, though this time as VP, George was called Reagan's lackey, uh, the president's brown-nosing yes-man. So he's getting it from all sides.
1: You get a brown nose when you wear a jockstrap for a hat. I do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Throughout uh, uh, and it got worse. All, it all, stu- all this stuff, sticking to him—the manhood stuff, the calling him a lackey and a brown dozer. Uh, he had, a- he had asshole-ish behavior during the campaign. The Washington Post uh, wrote, "Quote: He seems to reveal himself as blustering, opportunistic, craven, and hopelessly ineffective all at once." <laughs> People have this idea that George Bush. Um, was like a well-spoken and decent president. And I, my memory of him is that he was a bumbling fucking idiot. But here's the problem.
1: He had a son
0: who was even more Worse. bumbling. And That's right. It's weird how his son would so, be fucking dumber, but he so was. So now when you see
1: them together, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, boy, H.W. was really smart.
0: Yeah. While Bush, well, no, he W. Wasn't. is just like. <laughs> Reagan was a fucking idiot. Well. Bush was a fucking idiot. I don't know about that. The next Bush was a fucking idiot, and now we have a David. borderline hamster in the fucking White House. Who are you talking about? Thank you. <laughs> what do you mean? Thank you very much. In October... Get uh, the meatloaf. And Huge. In top, Huge. In October 1984, Congress packed, passed a second Bolton Amendment uh, to stop payment to the con- Contras. So now, now anything, you can give anything but humanitarian aid. Like, <laughs> now they're just like, seriously, don't. Okay, well, hypothetical... Hypothetical
1: situation, <laughs> if we may, since we have to yeah. go through this all again. Yeah. Okay? Uh, one of the Contras has terrible breath. Yeah. And I run into them, and they say to me, can I have a breath mint? Can I give them a breath mint? No. I can't give a Contra a breath mint. No. Okay, well, what if inside the breath mint is $100 billion? No. I can't give him a breath mint.
0: We just said you can't give them a breath mint.
1: Hypothetical. No, we both we find did. a treasure map, and the treasure is buried by me, and I give them the map, and X marks the spot.
0: No. Okay. That, that. It's a gray area. No, it's not. Black Eagle operatives are becoming leery of Noriega and the drug runs. Weird. Uh, Agent Lou Archer... Studio quotes,
1: 54 Airlines wasn't
0: <laughs> working out? Agent Lou Archer, quote, he would get somebody to take a load to the U.S., and presto, he's got you for life. This is his modus operandi, compromise somebody and then blackmail him. Now, at this point, the Mossad gets out of the operation because they're so freaked about, uh, about everything Noriega's doing, and people are becoming aware of what's happening, and the Mossad and the CIA end up pulling guns on each other or the black eagle guys in a in a like a operation house in Panama. They end up not shooting each other, but they get so far and so heated that they actually pull guns on each they
1: other. They reservoir dogs each other yeah.
0: in a shed. Without the ear coming off. Right. That's the that's the whole thing. You Spoiler. seen reservoir dogs mom? Spoiler.
1: No.
2: Spoiler. Yeah. A no, guy's
0: ear comes it just comes oh, off. Oh no. no. They cut a guy's <laughs> ear off. Oliver of North's operation no. enterprise also to fund the Contras was getting going as George's Black e- Eagle was wrapping up. Um, George, like was- Oliver
1: North used this. Yeah, okay. Yep.
0: Yeah. So George is then in the loop, and he's kept up to speed on every fundraising activity of Oliver North. So he knows all the money and everything that's happening with all the North, which is, as we know, a lot of Ill- illegality. That's that's weapons coming from the Middle East. I think at first they're coming from Lebanon, and then eventually Iran. And um, it turns out we're not friends with Iran. At the it's time. also
1: weird that people think that the U.S. Uh, started bringing coke into this country and <laughs> afflicted the nation with the drug.
0: <coughs> to bridge the gap between operations, another operation was started.
1: <laughs> that's operations on operation
0: it's called Supermarket. Huh. Which ran out of Miami Took a dive The Dade County Republican Party chairman was raising money for it Quote, the word on the street was that Jeb was the man to see if he wanted to help the Contras U.S. Evening News
1: Jeb's got all the brains that skin did.
0: (laughs) CBS Evening News, the Miami Herald and other legitimate uh, media outlets Reported Jeb's involvement when the story broke And then it just disappeared and no one ever discussed the story again So media's been working for a while. Uh, Yeah, it's all been happening for a long time. Now, a plane was shot down in Noriega. Two of the guys on the plane died. In Nicaragua. One did not, and there he is. Yeah, he looks like he's like, boy, I'm glad I'm alive. So word is now out about the operations immediately. U.S., there's a CIA guy. U.S. is funding uh, the Contras. Bush says he knows nothing. Watergate. Yeah. What? Watergate. Uh, Bush says he knows nothing and even said, quote, I'm catching the dickens from friends for not preventing the Iran arms deal. Well,
1: we have our victim. <laughs> I'm catching the dickens. I'm catching the dickens from my friend. <laughs> for for not stopping me. The- my friend Ted over here keeps giving me the dickens.
0: <laughs> He's like, why, why are you giving them, it's, uh, stuff to Iran? Yeah. And I'm like, Ow. I wish I could have
1: stopped. I'm like, can we just focus on golf? Quit razzing me so hard. <laughs>
0: So Oliver North starts shredding documents. Um, a, hand, a handwritten note was, however, found uh, in the later investigation from George uh, that thanked North for his, quote, dedication and tireless work with the hostage thing and with Central America.
1: Parenthetical. Cocaine yeah. stop. <laughs>
0: Psst. A special prosecutor was brought in to investigate the Iran-Contra affair. Bush failed to hand over his diary, quote, containing contemporaneous notes relevant to the Iran-Contra investigation. Boys can be so mean at school. He also refused to be interviewed in the late stages of the investigation. Weird. Now, the manhood thing kept cropping up. You know, George is not a man. Um, So much so that (laughs) Doonesbury was now um, portraying him as invisible.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs)
0: So now this goes on for <laughs> a, years, where H- Doonesbury just has George as invisible. In
1: some empty Roman helmet. So funny. In
0: 1987, Jeb Bush said in an interview, quote, he's been reduced to a cartoon. And this was in Newsweek in an article titled, Bush Battles the Wimp Factor. So he's getting hit from so all So he's angles. battling,
1: well, he doesn't look like a wimp when he's dressed like the Gordon's Fisherman on a bad day. <laughs> So, in order to prove that he's not a wimp, his son comes out and he's like, my dad is not a pussy.
0: I mean, at one point, I can't remember what the circumstances were, but George W., his son, yelled, like they said, it was something like, how did you think he did in the debates? And he was like, macho! Like, it was I think my
1: old man's got a huge (laughs) dick. I think he's got an... I've seen his penis. It's an enormous pecker. Okay. (laughs)
0: Uh, so this this article, this magazine article about him being a wimp in Newsweek came out the day he declared uh, to be running for president. Uh, George <laughs> I mean, Latter, he
1: couldn't look like a bigger
0: wimp. Yeah, he looks terrible. Yeah, we're lost. Um, George admitted he wanted to quote kick the hell out of the out of Dunsbury creator Gary Trudeau.
1: I want to show him the Dickens.
0: George then went on the campaign trail. George visited Auschwitz on September twenty ninth, nineteen eighty seven. He Wait, said, quote, "How's my room?" He said, "Quote, boy." <laughs> They were big on crematoriums, weren't they? Wow.
3: <laughs> oh wow. My oh my god. How awful. What is
1: he Is is any part of him trying to like is there some sort of deniability that goes on there when if you call them crematoriums?
0: I can't I can't emphasize how much the Trump campaign, the George W Bush campaign and the George H W Bush campaigns were all the same in that they said and de- did the dumbest fucking shit over and over and over and all the media did was attack the democrat right. but it was repeatedly endless fucking nonsense coming out of their idiot holes and they were never held to account right It would just be, like, laughed off instead of being like, hey, this guy might be a fucking moron.
1: Which just goes to show you that the the truth, like, the reality is that you're always going to have corrupted dickheads who are trying to take it all away from you. There's a referee... Who is supposed to report on what reality is and tell you what's important? And uh, it seems no, they and then they just haven't done it at all. They've become like you, like I mean, it's like the dog who gets fed from the dinner table. At this point, it's like, well, don't even put food in the dish anymore. These idiots just expect it when you eat.
0: Yeah. So he's running against Michael Dukakis, in Massachusetts. Some said, some said George should pick a female U.N. ambassador. Uh, Barbara. Jean Kirkpatrick, a woman, as his VP, to add some, quote, machismo to the ticket. So,
1: for him, I mean, that's just got to be great for <laughs> him to hear. He's suggesting that if I add a woman, I will be that's right. more masculine. That's what we're saying, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look at skin raise his arms up. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the skin. Honey, go get the empty barbells.
0: George started making it a point to eat pork rinds on the campaign trail because he that's thought it right. made him seem that's more manly. Right. <laughs> He's eating pork rinds because he thinks it makes him manly. That's such a that's such a, 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 a Connecticut, Kennebunkport, Maine way of thinking about it. I don't show. know
1: how you big city folk do it, but down here we just eat a bunch of pork rinds. <laughs> no, 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 no lamb for me. I'll have pork rinds. <laughs>
0: The reporter asked him uh, if his public perception was at at odds with reality, and George said, quote, much different. For example, I like pork rinds. That (laughs) doesn't fit the mold. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, I'm totally
1: out of the box. I like pork rinds. A tough son of a bitch.
0: (laughs) I'm not a wimp. On the trail, he scoffed at environmentalists against. May have yourself some pork grind. Who were against the Alaska oil pipeline because it would harm the caribou population. Quote, caribou like the pipeline. They lean up against it, have a, a lot of babies, and scratch on it. There's more damn caribou than you can shake a stick at.
1: That's like eight different arguments that are all incorrect in one.
0: Yeah, but it's exactly what. Yeah, we were Trump would yeah, say, for sure." It's exactly yeah. what Trump would mm-hmm.
1: say. They got the caribou. They're, they're having sex with the pipeline. Some <laughs> of the caribou that are coming out of the, the baby caribou are some of the best caribou we've ever seen. We've never seen caribou like this. Actually, one of them came out, looked at me. First words out of his mouth: "Dada, thank you. Okay, thank you."
0: In April in Pennsylvania, he said, "Quote: What's wrong with being a boring kind of guy? It would be a bad idea to kind of suddenly get my hair colored and dance up and down in a miniskirt." I-, I mean, I find-
1: <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. I
0: kind of think I'm a, a little scintillating little t- kind of fellow.
1: Yeah. And worst case, and worst case scenario, if you look at my hair and think it's been dyed, that's probably just me rubbing the pork rinds in the old hair. Who, I always call that hair the head's napkin. Who's in a, Who's in
0: a me skirt? Not huh? Some not a, not me. I'll Sometimes. tell you one
1: thing, and I'm hundred percent on this. I'm not a huge pussy. <laughs> Period. I'm scintillating. All right. Now, as soon as Barbara comes out of the bathroom, I'll give her a bag back.
0: He visited a New Jersey rehab uh, uh, clinic and asked a patient, patient, quote, What did you start out on, just for the heck of it? What is he <laughs> talking about? Another quote. Did you come here and say the heck with it? I don't need this darn thing? Did you go through a withdrawal thing? So, <laughs> uh, oh,
1: man, if he could just eliminate thing and question marks, he might pass. <laughs>
0: During the campaign, July 3rd. So what do you do?
1: You put uh, the junk in the old vein thing? <laughs> put the old black tar in the old vein thing and the old arm thing with the old belt thing? In. And then you're like, I'm done with this uh, thing. And huh? then you chase the dragon's tail thing for a little while, and then you're in another underworld thing, and you, all of a sudden your heart stops beating kind of thing. and What? The next thing you know, you face face with Satan thing kind of thing. You know that kind of thing? Then you realize your dad's the devil, and you're trying to get away from him, but you accidentally... Yeah, it's one of those things <laughs> with the sort of you know thing where you, where all of a sudden you you realize your dad's the devil and the only way you can get out of the thing is cook your brain that sort of thing. Who I I want some vodka. I'm buying kind of thing. What? Huh? Is That sort of thing. What? Who wants a pork rind? No. Who wants pork rind? Huh? I don't want. Well, I'm a lot of bunch. I think the, all these guys in here are a bunch of pussies. So they don't like pork rinds like me. I,
0: can he go away? This is not good for my sobriety.
1: I, I, I can't eat any more pork rinds. <laughs> I'm dying.
2: I think it sounds like the Duke of Edinburgh wrote his script.
1: The Duke of Edinburgh? That <laughs> is totally. He it.
2: was known for putting his foot in it.
1: Oh, he was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally, and still is. Wait, wait, that's. I'm not gonna make a guess. Who's the Duke of Edinburgh? He's the Queen's
2: husband. Oh, The who, Queen of England. Oh, husband.
1: who? Uh, what's his name again? Uh, Philip. Philip, that's mm. right. Oh, yeah. He puts. His, he's, no, he does, he's he, put very his, his, his,
0: uh, he also puts his, his uh, stuff in it on an island with Epstein. <laughs> uh, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Oh, um, hello. Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> on July 3rd, 1988, an Iranian airliner with 290 people on board was shot down by the USS Vincennes. U.S. officials reported the airliner was off-route, descending rapidly and heading for the Vinsanes. A Navy report will come out on August 3rd refuting those claims and blaming human error. Okay. U.S. officials uh, concluded it was, quote, a tragic and regrettable accident.
3: Uh-huh. So
0: we shot down an airliner with 290 civilians on board. Tried to, <laughs> tried to say the airliner was attacking us. That turned out not to be true. George was out on the campaign trail and said, quote, the Iranians shouldn't be sending an airliner over a combat zone. And by combat zone, he means Iran. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: The, the thing about that sort of stuff, too, is that those are, like, I think there's definitely something, there's... Once someone uh, commits some sort of act of that nature, it's terrible. It's like a blueprint. But once the U.S. does it, it sort of sends a message that it's actually like way more okay than a lot of other countries. Oh,
0: 100%.
1: And we're doing that more and more and more where we're sort of like, yeah, now we get to do it too. And it's just the message it sends is just... It
0: turns out it all started with this guy here. Oh, Randy? So he said to a group of Republicans on August 15th, quote, I will never apologize for the United States. I don't care what the facts are. I'm not an apologize for America kind of guy.
1: You're, you're in an abusive relationship. Then
0: you are married to an alcoholic who can do no wrong. Then. So, so I, I put this quote up on Twitter the day he died because fuck him. and, a bunch of people were like, he didn't say that on the day it was shot down. Right, dumb fucks. He said it during the month-long discussion and two weeks after the report came out saying we did it. Which so is... your, your point that he didn't do it on the day, it was fucking stupid. He did it days after when the fucking country was discussing it. So you're wrong. Do you follow Dave on Twitter,
1: Mom?
2: Oh, no. no. But there's just but a, if you did, there's you this could, whole right-wing yes. talking
0: point yes. that he didn't say that in relation to the, to the shooting down of the plane. But he did. Because it, it didn't happen right after the plane was shot down. And, no, you're right. It came out, he said it after the report came out. Oh, but out, you're wrong because you
1: can't say something about something two weeks after it. It don't exist no longer then. Yeah.
0: In his nomination speech, George tried to show how manly he was. Quote,
1: watch me lift this microphone above my <laughs> mouth. <laughs>
0: Weakness tempts aggressors. strength stop them. I will not allow this country to be made weak again. Never. George also said, quote, Congress overreacted and seriously weakened the CIA. In speeches on Iran-Contra, he said, quote, there is this insidious suggestion that I was conducting an operation. It's untrue, unfair, and totally wrong. (laughs) Well, we know that means it's true. But the special prosecutor was still investigating, and George ran. So he's being investigated for committing a massive crime, trading with the enemy like his fucking dad did, uh, running drugs into the country, uh, funding uh, death fucking squads, and he's running for president.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: But he (sighs) eats pork rinds. And then he ran one of the most racist election campaign ads of all time. Willie Horton was serving a life uh, sentence for murder in Massachusetts, of course. Do you remember this, Admiral?
2: I, I remember all this talk, yes. Of course, as
0: we know, yes. um, uh, uh, Dukakis is from Massachusetts, so they decided to link this up with Massachusetts. So Willie Horton is serving life in prison. He's furloughed. They have weekend furloughs there. You get to get out of prison, come yeah. back. <clears throat> um Uh, He, this guy, Willie Horton, gets out. He rapes a woman. Bush campaign director Lee Atwater came up with an idea. Say Dukakis furloughed him and then show Horton's picture. Now, Dukakis does not furlough people. He's a fucking governor. He's not
1: watching the gate.
0: So it's this big black scary guy, right? They take the most scariest picture they can find. Um, The victim was white. So everyone calls the ad racist. George said that it was, quote, absolutely Ridiculous. Even right-wing operatives like Roger Stone thought the ad crossed the line. And he told Atwater, quote, you and George Bush will wear that to your grave. It's a racist ad. You're going to regret it.
1: What's so great is that since George H.W. Bush died, we know that Roger Stone was wrong. Because once George H.W. Bush died, there was no talk of the Willie Horton ad. It was, God, what a dreamer he was, huh? Well, what a relationship he had. Oh, the legacy,
0: the dynasty. Yeah, and that fuels guys like Stone to become worse people.
1: Stone, who has an enormous tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. Oh, well, I do, but... <laughs> no, you have a big tattoo of Roger Stone's back with Nixon's tattoo on it, which is meta.
0: <laughs> on his deathbed, Atwater apologized for using the Horton ad against Dukakis, and as you said, George Bush never did. Right. And he won the election. He was He was way down in the polls... Two things turned the... I mean, he was down by like 15 points in the right. polls. Two things turned around. Uh, number one, Horton. And number two, Dukakis got in a tank. Right, right. And he looked... It looked It looked really bad. Yeah. Right. I, I, I was actually... Do you remember when he was I in the do, tank? I, do. I was I actually a young guy, I, mm. uh, and I was actually do, campaigning for Dukakis, going house to house and knocking on doors. And when that ad campaign came... When that picture came out, I right. was like, I'm done. It's over. Like, you could feel it was yeah, over. Just, it was immediately over. Hello. Hi. Who are you here for? uh, Dukakis.
1: Ah, that big girly uh, New England guy in the tank who uh, looked like a little mole man, (laughs) weighing over his head. That guy. The little little guy. The little when he's in the tank and he looks like he's lost. He looks like uh, yeah. (laughs) What's the the blind guy's name? The cartoon blind guy. What's his name? The blind guy, Mr. Magoo. I, he looked like Mr. Magoo in a tank. Okay. Anyway, here, I love his policies. Here's some oh, keep literature. your pamphlet. I don't okay. need your pamphlet. That man okay. is uh, Mr. Magoo. The other guy committed crimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. He didn't commit a uh, tank crime, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is uh, that's what I call a war it's crime. Just
0: a picture. It
1: is good to laugh. I'll tell you. I've been sitting yeah. here a little depressed all day, and then you came by and you started talking about your little tank. Buddy, okay, I, <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. you little, your little GI Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <made> a tank. <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to come in? My no. wife would get a kick out of this. She no. really liked him I until he got that no, tank. No, I,
0: I, I don't want to come God, in. A, I don't want to do anything. I oh, he's to, such a little cutie pie, that little stinker. I want to die right now. Uh, all alrighty. Well, God, it's good to
1: laugh. Anyway, we're voting for Bush. He's not a whim. <laughs>
0: Well, let's pull it up because uh, it, it was. It's there. He is. <laughs>
1: I mean, come on. It's this. Really is the problem it's- with like. I mean, look at this. This is so dumb. This really is the problem. This really is the problem. So you. I mean, do you not understand a little bit why people reject the Democrats? It's like, yeah, Bush did this. Yeah, Bush. did But I mean, literally, look at this picture.
0: Yeah, it's it's the it's one of the He's worst at fantasy camp for the it's, day. It, it it might be the worst photograph in presidential campaign <laughs> history, if not the top two or three. I mean, it, it, it's like he's trying to make himself seem like a tough guy, and he looks like a fucking idiot.
1: Oh, he just looks so dumb. I mean, he honestly looks like a little kid who got dressed up for Halloween and is about to go <laughs> trick-or-treating with his parents. <laughs> and what are you? I'm a presidential hopeful? Well, here's the Reese's <laughs> Peanut Butter Cup, my little baby.
0: Anyway, that's how he lost the election. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. So George is, uh, so George is president. And now crack arrives uh, in the mid-'80s in in the country. That's lucky. Destroying cities. um, Nothing to do with the CIA, though. No. By the time George's president is ravaging neighborhoods, and for his first address from the Oval Office, George wanted to make a big splash. George said, "The quote, the first Oval Office address is a big deal. So live on TV, he said the biggest domestic threat facing the U.S. was drugs, particularly crack. And then he pulled out... A bag of cocaine. And it's legit. It's huge, huge bag, right? Yeah, let me find Huge. It. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, dear.
1: <laughs> they call them Fat Rocks.
0: That's a lot of crack.
1: It is a lot of crack. I mean, you know, there were like some people, like some crackheads just watching this, like, man, if we can get into the white house, we can just get so much good crack right now. He's so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they think. Man, imagine being that lucky to be president and have that much crack to smoke.
0: (laughs) So he pulls it on live TV and he says, this is the biggest domestic threat. Um, quote, this is crack cocaine seized a few days ago by the drug enforcement agents in a park just across the street from the White House.
1: They call it Angel's Breath, and I smoked a bunch earlier. I am feeling great.
0: I've been up for four days.
1: Uh-huh. I can do two push-ups with my wiry arms.
0: So this is Lafayette Park that he's talking about. There is no drug problem in Lafayette Park. There have been zero drugs. He's
1: insinuating that the these drugs were Right across, across the, street the street from where he lives in the White House. It's just a lie.
0: Right. No drugs have, there have been no drug arrests there. Uh, quote, the president wanted to show it could be bought anywhere. Days before the speech, the White House asked the DEA for a bust in Lafayette Park. Uh, a DA agent then contacted a dealer and asked the dealer to come. And the dealer responded, quote, where the fuck is the White House? Yeah. <laughs> when he was told what it was, he said, quote, oh, you mean where Reagan lives? So it's just a big PR stunt. Sure. It's three ounces of crack, $2,400. The kid's name is Keith Jackson. He's 18 years old.
1: $2,400 at this time to an 18-year-old. Eight, it's year old. it's I mean, an it's insane
0: amount. It's going to get anybody to come out and right. try and sell fucking drugs. So he just sets his kid up. It's, it's just fucking It's entrapment. And Bush uses the speech to push to more than double... The amount spent on drug war enforcement, quote, more prisons, more jails, more right. courts, more prosecutors. Right. An additional $1.5 the largest increase in history. So it's history. a jobs program. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Jackson is convicted, not of the drug-buying charges, but other stuff related to it, because right. that was entrapment. Right. He got 10 years. The drug war would turn out to be the— uh, You know
1: at the end of this speech, like, the crack went missing, and they were just like— Hey, W, you seen this anywhere? (laughs) I haven't
0: seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. The drug war would turn out to be, obviously, a horrific racist failure. George is the one who put it into overdrive. He's the guy. In spring of 1989... He's the
1: guy who started the drug war on crack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In the spring of 1989, the Berlin Wall fell. The Cold War is over. So now the U.S. is the most powerful country on, on Earth. And George did not like his wimp image. Right, And then there was that Noriega situation. There were 18 US bases in Panama. And due to our long history with the Panama Canal, obviously, that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of bases there. But the canal was scheduled to be turned over to Panama, partially in 1990, and then completely in 2000. So the U.S. is slowly going to lose control of Panama starting the next year. Well, knowing how we handle stuff. We do. We just talk. We just are like, hey, goodbye. People always say the U.S. talks too much. Yeah. Yeah. And Noriega has stopped being helpful with the Contra stuff. Oh, and Noriega has all that blackmail material. Right. Noriega, quote, I've got Bush by the balls. (laughs) So suddenly the U.S. The tiny raisin balls. So suddenly, in the U.S., everyone is talking about how bad of a guy Noriega. Is. Noriega. This is, is what we do after um, years. God damn! Of not we, being I mean, a problem. Th- this is just the same shit, different day. Uh, well, this is what started it. Um, so it's it, it, he's been a CIA informant right forever. He's right. been making hundred thousand dollars a year since nineteen seventy-six. He's on the government fucking payroll. Um, but now he's upset, uh, George, and he's also, f- you know, a problem with the Panama Canal. Right. So the media goes in overdrive. Now he's the most frightening thing since Hitler. It's, it's pure, it, in a matter of months, it's pure history. By the way, if he was as bad as Hitler, Bush would have hired him for the White House. <laughs> <laughs> on December 20th, 1989, U.S. forces attacked Panama City. The purpose of the invasion was simply to capture Noriega on drug charges. Okay. U.S. officials were ter- told the exact location of Noriega by a diplomat three hours after the operation began. Okay. Quote, but when I called Southcom, that's the people in charge of the operation, Southcom said that it had other, it had other priorities. Yes, the total destruction of the very poor neighborhoods of El Chorrio and San Miguelito. Why? Um, well, why? Uh, because two reasons. Number one, they were um, they backed Noriega. These two communities, right? There have been um, at the time there were. Um,
1: so this is mess. This is just more at, spelling the message out a little more clearly. Essentially, at
0: the time, people said um, there was weapons testing happening. Right.
1: Oh Jesus!
0: Oh, there was absolutely no um, uh. no body count. So the U.S. purposely made sure there was not a body count. Um, quote, they began burning down El Chorio at 630 a.m. They would throw a small device into a house and it would catch on fire. They burned from one street to the next. This is the neighborhood. Wow. So we burnt down a neighborhood for no reason. Now that's, that's you can lot. see that. That's where people lived. That, that is, a, that is a, what we call a slum. And it has just simply been burned down for no reason. Why do people not like us? I don't know. Blocks were burned. No one knows how many were killed. Bodies were piled in the streets and burned. There were mass graves. The destruction of these neighborhoods had nothing to do with Noriega. Uh, they just supported him. After Noriega was captured, George said it was all worth it. Quote, every human life is precious. And yet, which is why we don't count them. And yet, I have to answer yes, it has been worth it. Well,
1: I mean, that seriously is just genetics then. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I mean, that's just alive in well, but, every one of them.
0: Well, he learned from his father.
1: Yeah, and, who, and, he was, and W was taught by his father.
0: The UN Security Council passed a resolution condemning the invasion, but the US, UK, and France vetoed it. Many countries saw uh, what happened in Panama as an incredibly dangerous precedent. Yeah. The General Assembly then voted 75 to 20 for a resolution that called it, quote, a flagrant violation of international law. Yeah. Quote, People burning to death in the incinerated dwellings, leaping from buildings, running in panic through the streets, cut down in crossfire, crushed by tanks, human fragments everywhere. After these clear war grime, crimes and disregard for international law, George's poll numbers in the U.S. shot to record highs not seen since Eisenhower, 76%. George had shown that American presidents would receive their highest support for illegally invading countries and slaughtering people.
1: Ride in a tank for a photo op. Bad use tanks to destroy others, good
0: this isn 't the press, this is us, right, right. This right. is the people of America yeah. being fucking monsters yeah. because um, not care. just I mean yeah it's just insane yeah. that that should be allowed, and no, that that's, you need- that's your highest rating for yeah. just so they so he caught Noriega, right, so now Noriega is in jail, but so many people died that didn 't need to die
1: by the way, he's in jail for. Working Drugs. with us. Yeah, he's...
0: I in, mean... I don't think I have it, but there's, mm. there's a famous shot of him. Um,
1: Is
2: he still alive?
0: Uh, do you want to look that up, Aaron? Are you... N- I think he died recently, but I might be wrong. Yeah, there's the famous oh. shot. Oh, right. Of him right. Yeah, so then it was all worth it. So then he's on the front of Newsweek right. doing a, a mugshot. Public Enemy number one. And everyone's like, look at what... USA. And remember, it's Wimpy George. Wimpy yeah. George went and got they this a guy. Put boot up your ass. But we killed humans. Right. Mm. <laughs> Um in, uh, May of twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen, wow. yeah. So he just died in May twenty seventeen. Right, rest in peace. You were a great guy.
1: <laughs> Why didn't our media inflate him?
0: <laughs> the New York Times after the invasion quote for president bush a man still portrayed in dunesbury comic strip as the invisible president showing his steel had particular significance so
1: i mean really it's just how many people does a man have to kill to undo a cartoon
0: (laughs) pretty much right and yet the media continued to attack his manhood at one point jumping all over him for asking for another quote splash of coffee that's, that's not, not even bad. It doesn't. But at this point, they're just leaping on. Yeah, fucking just, anything. Yeah, right. Does. It's and like so, TMZ
1: before TMZ. And he's.
0: We already know he's mad about it. He uh-huh. said he. He said he is a Republican right. operative. Operative said he should tour the country, so he saw how real people acted. George Will, a Republican, right. said his administration suffered from quote moral flaccidity.
1: <laughs> like that's just yeah. It's I mean, I mean, I'm not even fully mm. sure what it means, but you are just well, like, yeah,
0: I if, know what you're saying. If you just put flaccid in there, yeah, you right, know right, what right, you're fucking right, doing. Right. Hey, Olympic limp dick motherfucker. How's yeah, it going? Yeah. Floppy attitude. A year and a half after the Newsweek article, George was still mad about it. And he told reporters, quote, you're talking to the wimp. You're talking to the guy that had a cover of a national magazine that I'll never forgive. Put that label on me. I
1: mean, are you like a junior in high school? (laughs) (laughs) You're the president.
0: In the summer of 1990, Iraq and Kuwait were feuding. One issue was their borders. Another was that Iraq accused Kuwait of slant drilling and stealing their oil. And the third issue was Kuwait was overproducing oil to drive down the price of oil. So in July, Georgia's U.S. ambassador uh, was visited. uh, By three ghosts. By uh, a, a Saddam Hussein representative. Quote, this is the ambassador, U.S. ambassador, quote, we have no opinion on the Arab-Arab conflicts like your border disagreement with Kuwait. What a simple time. Now, Saddam is threatening to invade. And then that was the George Bush administration's response, which is a green light to invade.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Um, yes. Iraq invaded Kuwait a couple weeks later. George told the American public that Iraq had invaded Kuwait, quote, without provocation or warning. When so they give, a, when they'd give not, exact, that, not to
1: defend Saddam Hussein, but if you are him, you're like, wait,
0: what? No, you can defend Saddam Hussein in this instance because if the U.S. had said, no, we will fucking destroy you, he wouldn't have invaded. Okay, okay, everybody, yeah. calm down. We gave him the green light. Right, there was pro- provocation and warning. Right, this would be true. Um, wait, so the Pentagon using top secret satellite images. Now said 250,000 Iraqi troops and 1,500 tanks were on the border of Saudi Arabia, and Iraq was threatening to invade Saudi Arabia. Right. George sent troops. Then America's like, go protect our boys. We all love Saudi Arabia. Come on, Gordon's fisherman, the president, you (laughs) pussy. (laughs) George sent troops to protect Saudi Arabia. Uh, But reporter Jean Heller of the St. Petersburg Times got her hands on commercial satellite images of the Saudi border. There were no Iraqi troops. It was an empty desert. Heller quote, that Iraqi buildup was the whole justification for Bush sending troops in there, and it just didn't exist. So George Bush lied, which turns out to be a family pattern. George Bush (laughs) lied about, uh, uh, and that's how he got troops in there. Um, He lied about why Iraq invaded. He lied about everything. Had it ever fully been lied about this much? No. Right? And probably, but no, but no. He also lied about Pan. Like, right. I'll do the Panama one. That's a separate uh, um, dollop. But everything that has happened since nine eleven, the wars, ISIS, Iraq, is all because George Bush lied one hundred percent about Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and Iraq, and uh, and that's this is the number one justification for Bin Laden attacking. And doing 9/11 is because we had troops in Saudi Arabia. That's right. how, what he uses as a recruiting tool for yeah, Al Qaeda. Yeah, yeah. So the Gulf War went swimmingly as long as you were a U.S. troop. George dropped 800, uh, sorry, eighty-eight thousand five hundred tons oh, of bombs. Oh my
1: God, tons of bombs.
0: Uh, yeah. In Iraq and Kuwait, there were tons of civilian casualties. One airstrike hit an air raid shelter in Baghdad and killed at least four hundred eight civilians. Human Rights Watch said the Pentagon knew it had been used as a civil defense shelter during the Iran-Iraq war, but we still bombed it. We bombed it on purpose. The Human Rights Watch concluded this was, quote, a serious violation of the laws of war. UN resolutions under which the war were organized did not go beyond the liberation of Kuwait. But as Iraqi troops fled Kuwait back to Iraq, pilots began to bomb them on the highway. Air raids pinned down the convoy, then the vehicles were attacked. It was simply a slaughter of soldiers withdrawing. And then the word started getting out about this horrible uh, situation on the uh, on the highway. Um, So they're just they they basically just got these people pinned in, and they're just. Um, blasting them in their um, in their vehicles.
3: Oh wow. Um, oh
0: my god. It's ba- it's basically just a slaughter of I mean, people it is. withdrawing, right? And and, and 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 word's getting out that they're that they are withdrawing and so um, the US Central Command starts getting freaked out that that word is getting out that they're withdrawing and we're killing people withdrawing because you're not supposed to do that. Right. Um, and then Sanam announced the troops were withdrawing. And that that had started before the U.S. started bombing. And the Pentagon decided to use, quote, forceful language to portray Iraq's claimed withdrawal as a fighting retreat due to U.S. attacks. So if the forces are retreating, if the bombing started and the forces are retreating, that's different than if they start pulling out before the attacks.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, So you're just saying they're running away. They're not giving up.
0: It's a legal justification of war crimes, basically. The next day. George uh, Bush made a hasty televised statement saying the war would continue despite Saddam's withdrawal announcement. He we said
1: found I- a bunch of crack on them, <laughs> about this size.
0: <laughs> he said Iraq could not be trusted. Iraqi troops were ch- retreating under pressure, not voluntarily withdrawing, and that Saddam was trying to get a political victory from a military route. He said Saddam would not get a propaganda victory, God. which America fucking loves. Right. Like that's just... Right. So the bombing continues. It became known as the Highway of Death, as hundreds of Iraqi soldiers were killed in their vehicles. Jesus. Major Bob Nugent, Army Intelligence Officer, quote, Even in Vietnam, I didn't see anything like this. It's pathetic. A pilot, quote, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. But everything the U.S. military and the Bush said about it was a lie. Washington Post, quote, In fact, however, tens of thousands of Iraqi soldiers in and around Kuwait City had begun to pull away more than 36 hours before Allied forces reached the capital. So we just literally just killed them. And
1: and the rationale for doing that is just to be like, we're winning by this much. Oh, no. What is that? That's a burnt guy.
0: No.
2: Gosh, that's horrid.
0: Oh, my God. That's what should be on the news. Like, if you want to kill people in war, then put Mm -hmm. that shit on the news. Let's see the bodies. Holy shit. Um... When the war ended, the Highway of Death became a tourist attraction. Kuwaitis with video cameras walked up and down the highway to record the devastation. Coalition soldiers toured the mayhem, taking pictures of each other besides junk tanks, armored personnel carriers, and vehicles and bodies. During the war, U.S. bombs purposely destroyed civilian infrastructure like electrical plants, water treatment plants, food processing plants. Washington Post, quote, Some targ- targets, especially late in the war, were bombed primarily to create post-war leverage over Iraq, not to influence the course of the conflict itself.
1: So, I mean, at that point, that really is when you're like, if you haven't lost the people already, you are like, this oh. is a very clear distinction of now. You not only are we going to leverage your government? We're now going to leverage you completely. Well, they're
0: just trying to, if you, if you blow up, um, water treatment facilities, sewer, right. And electrical, you're, 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 dependent. You're killing children. Yeah. Like right. you're, you're, you're now purposely trying to kill right. elderly children yeah. and people who, you know, have the hardest time. Right. A, um, Harvard Public Health team con- concluded four months after the war that the destruction of the Iraqi infrastructure resulted in acute malnutrition and epidemic levels of cholera and typhoid, which is why it's, uh, it's human rights violation to target infrastructure like water treatment, which is why it's a, yeah, it's a human rights violation. <laughs> By January 1992, a demographer with the U.S. Census Bureau estimated the war caused the deaths of 158,000 Iraqis, 13,000 immediate civilian deaths, and then 70,000 for damage done to electricity and sewage treatment plants. That's
1: just crazy.
0: Uh, And then the Bush administration threatened her with termination. uh,
1: (laughs) I just, it would be nice if they're like, the numbers weren't fudged. Like, everything else is bullshit. It would be nice if you just at least, because that's the same thing that happened in Iraq the last time, or happens in yeah. Afghanistan, where you're like, oh, we, I think we, think we killed about 3,000 people, and it's like, no, 300,000.
0: George also encouraged Iraqis to rise up against Saddam. In the north, where the Kurds were, uh, there was a no-fly zone, but in the south, Iraqis took this as a sign they would be protected by the U.S. if they rebelled. So they did, as George Bush had encouraged them, and then they were slaughtered as the U.S. sat by and watched. In Iraq, George H.W. Bush it's is... It's a feel-good story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those fun, like... It's really nice bedtime ma- story. Do you remember when the press was uh, acting how awesome he was after he died? Yeah.
2: I do. I do. And, I th- and it's funny, really, because I remember thinking, well, I don't think he was that good. Was he? <laughs> I do. And now I know. You've yeah. confirmed it.
0: Yeah. In Iraq, George H. Bush is a scene It was scene like the
1: royal wedding, the human. <laughs>
0: In in Iraq, George H.W. Bush is seen as a criminal. He imposed brutal sanctions in 1990, the harshest in U.N. history. Salaries in Iraq fell by up to 90%. Jesus. Children and elderly Mm -hmm. suffered the most. An elderly Iraqi, quote, We only remember him for death, pain, sadness, starvation, the destruction of infrastructure. Iraqis under siege ate dirt because of Bush. The sanctions remained in place until his son invaded Iraq. In the summer of 1991, July 19, uh, 1st, 1991, President Bush nominated Clarence Thomas to fill the Supreme Court okay. seat left vacant by Thurgood Marshall, the first Black Supreme Court justice. Thompson had been a judge for only 16 months. Near the end of Thomas's hearings, he was accused of sexually harassing Anita Hill, who had worked for him. She testified and was brutally attacked by the right, while some of the uh, Democrats stood silent. Two other women were prepared to testify. And we were waiting in the back room of the Senate, but Joe Biden did not call them. As the sexual harassment claims unfolded, George said, quote, I have total confidence in Thomas. George chose to side with a man who multiple women described harassing them. He sent a message to America that women should not be believed. In April 1992.
1: Which, is, which ended, thankfully, <laughs> three and a half years ago. We decided
0: to listen. That's to right. We wrapped finally. that. Yeah. We yeah. Are, like, yeah.
1: yeah. At any hearing. Yeah. Be honest. We will listen to you.
0: Isn't it great how how much different Trump is? Yeah. In April nineteen (laughs) ninety two, at a campaign fundraiser, I
1: like beer. (laughs) In
0: April (laughs) nineteen
1: ninety two, did George H. W. Bush make Clarence Thomas take a vow of
0: silence after that? Oh my god, he never says a word because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. He was a judge
1: sixteen months and then he was on the Supreme Court. I mean,
0: in April nineteen ninety two, at a campaign fundraiser in Michigan, a woman posed with George for a photo. He, she said, he groped her ass. Quote: It was like a gentle squeeze. Thomas was What con- <laughs>
2: did she want a hard squeeze
0: <laughs> pull <laughs> Thomas was confirmed with 11 Democrats voting for him you're the problem you're Democrats a- that's right in January 8th, 19, uh, 1992, at a banquet in Japan, George leaned over and vomited in the lap of the Japanese prime yeah. minister.
1: <laughs> it's our way of saying I'm not that. a wimp. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, by the way, also, when he did that, he looked as wimpy as possible. Yeah,
0: he couldn't have looked.
1: <laughs> it, it looked like he put grandma in, like, uh, the blue angel.
0: Yeah. During his presidency, George also solidified further Republican ties with the evangelicals. To do this, people had to die. He well, he did a
1: lot of really good, meaningful stuff.
0: He bowed to their anti-LGBTQ agenda as the AIDS epidemic blew up. When he took office, he said he would do more to battle AIDS, but that was just talk. His administration dragged its feet on drug treatment and would not address prevention in the gay community, which could have been done by promoting and funding safe sex, pro- safe sex programs and condom distribution. ACT UP eventually targeted him at his main summer retreat. So you know how people are like, you don't yell at them in, in restaurants and yeah. stuff? Act up went to his fucking house. Yeah, George responded by I saying, "I also
1: love that they're like, don't come on, don't ruin their meal." It's like fuck they're ruining off. everything. Yeah, I can't shout at, Like I can't <laughs> shout at them when they're getting their. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I have every right
0: if I saw Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Oh no, they shouldn't be allowed to go out in public. I couldn't yell at. Yeah, that.
1: and there's Democrats too. I mean, gladly, oh. Democrat. I mean, Dave. Oh God, Dave. We need this to go week,
0: to D.C. for a week. Yeah, we do. George responded by saying, quote, behavioral change is the best way to fight the disease.
1: That's right. Sure. Time machines and behavioral change.
0: Now remember how good of a guy he is, right? Yeah. During a televised interview, George was asked what he would do if he had a gay grandchild. Oh, God. He said he would love the child, but wouldn't tell the child he was normal. Right. For goodness Yeah, say. that's how you love something, Right. George's cabinet was full of anti-gay zealots. His health secretary teamed up with a- evangelical leaders to cover up a government study that found that LGBTQ teens were at higher risk of suicide. He publicly denounced same-sex marriage. In Christmas uh, Christmas Eve 1992, defense secretary Casper Weinberger was about to go on trial for perjury and obstruction of justice for the Iran-Contra investigation. So it's, y- it's 6 time. years. It's 6 years later. It's finally fucking it's time. about to happen. George Bush. It's about to go. Pardoned him. What? <sighs> Imagine if there was a president that was involved in a crime, and it was a blatant crime, and they were about to put on trial and take down his co-conspirators, and he pardoned them. Imagine what would happen. People would be up in arms, right? They would tear down the government. and.
1: I feel like you're making a connection.
0: Walsh, the prosecutor, quote, the Weinberger pardon marked the first time a president ever pardoned someone in whose trial he might have been called as a witness because the president was knowledgeable of the factual events underlying the case. Walsh was furious. He accused George of misconduct and helping to complete the Iran-Contra cover-up. There were notes that Weinberger had taken which said Bush was involved in planning. He'd been in meetings about secret funding. By pardoning Weinberger, Bush prevented a trial in which evidence of his own involvement in the breaking of the law would have come out. The New York Times quote, in a single stroke, Mr. Bush swept away one conviction, three guilty pleas, and two pending cases, decapitating all that was left of Mr. Walsh's efforts, which began in nineteen eighty-six. He pardoned Elliot Abrams, former Assistant Secretary of State, Robert McFarland, former National Security Advisor, and former CIA officials Claire George, Alan Friars, and Dwayne Claritch. So Whatever people are saying Trump is going to do to get out of shit, That's nothing will fucking compare to what this motherfucker did. Nothing. Because this guy slaughtered people in Nicaragua for fucking years, for years, illegally, so much so that Congress passed two amendments to make him stop, and he still fucking did it, and he gets away it
1: shows, it shows you that people's expectation of, about Trump and what is about to happen with Trump the perspective needs to shift because if you think that there's going to be the Captain America rides in no. and takes Trump away in handcuffs, absolutely not. No, that's no. not what happens. It's not what, what happens. happens. Is there's a domino that's going to fall, and then Trump's going to you know get in the way of it in some capacity, and it's going to be on the reaction of the people to demand what happens next. And they will do so-
0: nothing. They'll go out on the protest because that's all they want to do is protest. Yeah. And protest ain't going to cut it.
1: It's not going to cut it. No, no, it needs to be the next level.
0: In his final report on the Iran-Contra affair in August 1993, Walsh said, quote, the criminal investigation of Bush was regrettably incomplete. He angrily said the Iran-Contra cover-up, which has continued for more than six six years, has now been completed. In November 2003, Rosalind Corrigan was a 16-year-old girl whose father was a CIA officer. She met George bush at a meeting of ca officers in texas they took a picture together and as they posed he reached down and groped her ass jesus quote my initial reaction was absolute horror i was really confused i was a child in august 2016 an actress was doing a play near Kennebunkport, maine i think I have that's a picture where his, that's of the, his summer home that is his summer mm. home uh some, she's this actress is doing a play near Kennebunkport, maine george was known to go to the theater and he came backstage during intermission all the actors gathered for a photo with him The actress said other actors warned her that George had a reputation for fondling uh, women during photo ops. Jesus. I guess I was thinking he's in a wheelchair. What harm could he do? Well, he reached down to her ass as the photo was taken and said, quote, Do you want to know who my favorite magician is? David Copperfield. And then he grabbed her. Barbara was there, too. And she said, quote, He's going to get himself put into jail. And everyone laughed. In 2018,
1: I like that a war criminal can be threatened with jail when it comes to ass-grabbing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: In 2018, another actress said Bush, quote, touched me from behind from his wheelchair with his wife Barbara Bush by his side. He told me a dirty joke, and then all by being photographed, he touched me again. Jesus. That ass-groping led many of the of other, other women to come out. Altogether, it was eight women. Bush's spokesman did not deny it, but said Bush was innocent. Quote, he has patted women's rears in what he intended to be a good-natured manner. Yeah, well, guess what, dickhead? Yeah, all the women that happened to you didn't feel the same. Yeah, uh, George W. Bush died, and that's uh, fine. Um, I was arrested protesting both the Panama invasion and the first Gulf War. I should put that out there that I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, Every single thing that uh, George H.W. Bush did uh, set up uh, what Trump uh, is doing and what everyone's upset about. That's the reality of the situation. You can you can scream about um, everything Trump is doing. But um, we already had a president get away with a crime by pardoning people. And the Congress did not change the rules. So. Why would you fucking think anything differently? You're fucking acting like Trump is a new goddamn thing. No, this has happened before. It was fucking 30 years ago. So just, I mean, fuck, man. It's, it's the same shit. It's the it's same Just watching part. them fucking scream, but it's going to be a fucking constitutional crisis. It already was a constitutional crisis. Yeah. It already happened.
1: Yeah, and the way you get through it is by ignoring it.
0: <laughs> no, the way you get through it is to make him a hero. When he dies, yeah. fucking... Now he's a hero? Yeah. He's a fucking criminal who should have died in prison for slaughtering Nicaraguans. He should have died in prison. Yeah. And all of these asshole... I'm going to say Democrats, because, of course, Republicans... All these fucking asshole Democrats acting like he's an awesome guy. Yeah. He was a fucking evil motherfucker. Yeah. An evil man hey. from top to bottom. And he should have been in jail for war crimes and for what the fuck he did ignoring Congress and doing his own goddamn Operation Black Eagle. Fuck him.
1: Uh, We want to thank uh, Casper (laughs) Mattress. Uh, I I think the other thing is that um, when you you just have to remember the stuff that we have done in other countries and remember that that potentially will be a time when the tables have turned. And who's going to listen to the cries from this country of bullshit?
0: The rest of the world is waiting for us to fall. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be so fucking over.
1: Right now, we're like the Jenga tower that just got the shakiest piece (laughs) removed and we're still standing somehow. (laughs) Like, it ain't good
0: it 's not good, but also the Russia thing is a classic example of we 've done that to every country in the world, yeah, yeah Literally, right. everyone 's right. mad about Russia. I mean, Jesus Christ, clean up your own fucking side of the yeah. street first we we 've done that to everybody, including Russia. we yeah. did it to Russia already, yeah. like we do and also yeah whatever but yeah. That's like literally our job. Like, it's what we do is fuck up other countries. And we, it happens to us once and everyone throws a fucking I know, tantrum.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, you don't get to play ball like that. If you punch someone in the face and they punch you in the face, guess what? Yeah. You deserved it.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for being on, Mum.
2: It was very nice. Thank you. It wasn't, you. Yeah. It wasn't it was the lovely. best one
0: for you to be on. Did you like all uh, the, the dead guy and the burned guy in the car? What was your favorite picture? What was your favorite? Part? <laughs> what was your favorite picture? Uh, yeah. They
2: were all so good. It's <laughs> hard for me to choose. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think the, the fisherman one. Yeah. I do. I think when, he's, when he's out, when
0: he's when he's out, out of his in his yes, red yeah, fisherman. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, When yes. he's dressed like the yeah. Gordon fisherman. Describing him as
1: a wimp. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, we tried.
1: Uh, well, this is the first re-dollop.
0: Yeah, it was the first re-dollop.
1: I guess it's, it's true good. what they say. I don't remember anything. <laughs> right. Later. Uh, after it let's see you
3: there